Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Episode 12, Ellet Hall, The Natural. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, The Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. All right, today we have Elliot Hall. Elliot is an amazing guy. They've called him the natural on the show. He's been involved for quite a bunch of seasons now. And, you know, he and Joe Morawski a couple seasons ago were the only guys to make it to stage three. Really an impressive feat on a course that was really hard. That's the year that the Wolfpack, all of us, including Isaac, fell on stage two. Ian, you got the furthest that year. He's an amazing guy. He's always been very fluid. And he takes a totally different approach to his American Ninja Warrior career. And this is really kind of fascinating. This year, he's not doing Ninja Warrior. So you guys, we have Ellet Hall. He's going to be really cool. What do you guys think or know about Ellet? I think Ellet Hall is amazing. If you've been watching Team Ninja, there's this one move that he does across the Dancing Stones. He leaps from the first platform, hits one stone, and continues on to the finished platform. Just when you saw it happen, it was like a mirage or something. You're like, what? That That's not possible. But yet he did it. It was it was cool to watch. So it's fast, and he has a lot of power in those legs. Yeah, he's always impressed me. I remember the first year that I was on the show when we were in Vegas, he was in the group I was with to do B-roll, and the entire time, all he was doing was like, playing around, doing handstands and flipping over things. I was like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? He is going totally. to hurt himself. Like, that is so crazy. But it was just so impressive because he like clearly has real control of his body, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, when you're thinking about top parkour guys on the show, he's one of one of the top guys, for, that's for sure. You know, one thing that we found out from his interview that you guys are going to hear about is that he doesn't even really train for Ninja Warrior. He thinks about it a little bit more when it comes time to do Ninja, but... He's off snowboarding, and he's just living his life by his own rules. And unlike a lot of us who train obstacles and train specifically, he takes his own path and barely trains at all and still has incredible natural ability to go out there and get things done. Yeah, I think that's just a a testament to you don't have to go to a parkour gym or to a workout facility to become an amazing athlete. He goes snowboarding. He does parkour outside. He does the things that he loves, and that prepares him to be a great ninja. Let's get to it. Let's hear what he has to say. All right. All right. Today, guys, we have a super special guest. We have Ellet Hall. Ellet's a really neat guy, 25 years old. He is an American Ninja Warrior. In fact, he's one of only two guys, he and Joe Moravsky, in A&W6 to make it to Stage 3. That year was a particularly hard year, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But he, he views Ninja Warrior more as like a vacation and something fun to do. And his real life is really about snowboarding and parkour. He teaches parkour in New York City, and he drives his motorcycle all around the country. He's a wanderer. He's an adventurer. He's a really kind of cool guy. Elliot, welcome to the show. 
Awesome, man. Glad to be here. You guys already made me sound cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are cool. And, uh, you know, that's why we wanted to get you in here because you have kind of a different take on the whole ninja thing, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. From from what I've talked to people about, I think it's a little bit of a different approach. What do you think about Ninja Warrior in general or what's your approach to it? Oh, man. I mean, I think it's awesome. It's super fun. It's such a high intensity experience when you're there doing it. You know, it's such a big production. All the lights, you know, the late nights up there with everybody else and all of their endorphins go and they're all freaking out. Yeah. Um, which is it's super fun for me because usually, I mean, I spend a lot of my time like super low key hanging out in the woods by myself or traveling by myself and just kind of chilling out. And then I go to one of these things and everybody's just insane. And, you know, it's kind of that that group think mentality where it's like, but everybody else is so keyed up, you know, it gets me going. So I think it's awesome. But at the same time, like, I try not to get myself emotionally wrapped up in it. I know, you know, for a lot of people, it's it's what they're doing. It's their make and break, you know, they're building their brands off it, you know, they're they're putting their hopes and their dreams into it. But kind of to me, I haven't changed my training in the past four years very much. I've just thought about it more. And what I do happens to make me good at it, which is super fun. I think I've got a bit more of a relaxed approach towards the serious side of it, you know? Do you think that's part of what contributes to you doing so well is your kind of relaxed approach? Yeah, I think so. I think mentally, you know, that helps out a lot because, you know, I don't experience any type of anxiety before I get on the course. And I've talked to a lot of the people, um, they're freaking out, honestly. I remember particularly in St. Louis qualifiers a couple years back, I had just driven across the country with three of my friends to go snowboard out in Utah and Colorado. And I wasn't training except like going to a local bouldering gym and squatting twice a week. I was just snowboarding every day. And I I do a lot of backcountry riding. So I was hiking. So I I was in shape. I wasn't thinking about Ninja. And then I just drove back across the country with my buddy. We get to St. Louis. I show up. It's like raining. So everybody's huddled in the tent. And I'm just there to hang out. And that tent was like a critical mass of nervousness and anxiety. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And dude, I I couldn't handle it. It weirded me out. And I had to like, I went and walked around in the rain a little bit. And like, dude, it was was wild. But so I, I know like a lot of people, like it's a big deal to them. But for me, like a lot of the stuff that I do is it's not for an audience. So like, I don't think that's why I'm used to it. I'm not like used to being in front of a lot of people, but the stuff that I do, I think has like higher consequence. And so, you know, when you put me on a course that's padded, it's like the only thing I could lose is some social standing. I really don't care about that. So right, right. No. And and it seems, it seems like you're just untethered when you're out there. You move very fluidly and you move very quickly. And, and it's really impressive to watch you. And I think that's true for all sports, maybe, all athletic kind of competitions. The mind is so much more important than people think. And if you go into it, oh, yeah. if you go into it with this kind of thoughts or these thoughts or attitudes of, I have to do well, I have to perform well, you know, your brain is kind of getting in, in the way of the machine. Yeah, it, it ties you up in knots, man. And I mean, I don't know how much you've looked into like flow state stuff. Oh, yeah. But man, definitely. Like that's where it's at. Ninja Warrior brings that on for me almost every single time. One of my favorite Elliot Hall memories was we were in Vegas and we're all getting ready to run stage one or stage two. I forget. But in the warm up in the in the ninja pen, we're sitting there and you're probably going to remember this, but we were doing tramp jumps 
and somebody had hung a tennis ball on a string, and we, it, we were like <laughs> ten feet away from it. You remember this? Yeah, I remember this. Man. We were like, let me. <laughs> so let me tell everybody, we were like ten feet away. You run and you jump. And most people were just using the tennis ball just to gauge how far they had to land to make it into the jumping spider, I think it was. Yeah. And so here comes here comes you. Here comes Ellet out of nowhere. He runs. He does a front flip, which people weren't even doing front flips. But he was doing, you know, it's not that hard. But he does a front flip. You do a front flip off the tramp. And in midair, you open up and do this, like, over-the-head kick. <laughs> and somehow from 10 feet away, you flip kick this tennis ball which goes flying like a tether ball you know yeah 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 and all the ninjas just went crazy we were all like what oh my god you know oh man it was like a flow state it was like you, you know you could try and do that like a hundred times maybe and you'd only get a certain you know it would be really hard to do but you oh yeah just nailed it perfectly your first try even you i, I seem to remember were a little surprised Oh, 100%, man. And I think I tried it like three more times after that and kept missing by a couple inches and like I'd graze it. But that first one, yeah, that that blew me away. It's probably because you were trying. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's the lesson right there for you. I thought it'd be cool. I, you know, said, you know, we've got this rule in parkour that if you think it, you've got to try it. Otherwise, it's like you're always going to be like, oh, I mean, we could do this, but no. Right. You know, it's always just like follow, follow your inspiration, even if you think it's a wacky idea see if you can do it. So I was just like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And like, just axe kicked out of this front flip. And it blew me away. It blew everybody away. <laughs> you know, because that was like ninja on top of ninja. We're all ninjas. We run this obstacle course. But really, a lot of people agree in the ninja world that these obstacles by themselves are not that incredibly difficult. Yeah. I mean, if you put this in someone's backyard, man, they'd be cranking through it 20 times a day. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's all these other elements. There's the mental element. There's the one try. There's the mm -hmm. being on TV, the lights, camera, action, the fire, the distraction. There's the yep. the elements you can't control, like the wind and the rain and the blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. It's not really like the ninja stuff that we're doing when we're really doing our thing. And it was so cool to see you bust that out. So that that was amazing. <laughs> Awesome, man. Thank you. I wish I had it on video. <laughs> Dude, me too. I would have like as many YouTube followers as Nick Coolridge. <laughs> yeah, totally. So in any event, I want to talk a little bit about something crazy from this year. You've announced on social media that you're going to take a step back and, and you're not going to do Ninja Warrior. Is that still true? Yeah, yeah, man. I didn't I didn't apply for the season. Wow, what what happened? You're one of the top ninjas and and you got people who would love to see you out there. Yeah, and and I mean that's cool and when I announced that, and I announced it like on my personal Facebook page just to my friends and family first. Right. I just wanted them to know because I've got a lot of family, you know, across the country that watches and honestly a little bit more what they know about me is like from that show. Like I've got family all over the country who I see maybe once every 2 years. They always call me up or hit me up on Facebook when I'm on the show, you know, saying, hey, great to see you and all of this. And they're excited to see it. And it kind of lends a little bit of credibility to the weird nomad lifestyle that I live, you know, that somebody thinks it's cool enough to put me on TV. That was just kind of the explanation of the friends and family. And then I, I put it out recently on um, my athlete page on Facebook as well. And, you know, there's a lot of local people. I grew up in a small town in Western Maryland. Not a lot of people from there ever make it big and so like it's it's cool to have my friends you know say you know great job to me and all of this it's it's cool to be recognized for what you do right and 
I love that support, but but it's you know it's not why I do it. I I did it because it was fun, and it just kind of when it started to take over my social life, especially like when I go back home. You know, I travel a lot, and so I'm not always in the town near where I grew up. Yeah, and I'm not always seeing this family. And when I do see them, it's all we've got to talk about is oh, Sayan Ninja, and then it's like they look at me expectantly, and it's like it right. It creates a conversation where automatically we're not equals. And I don't like that, man, because I believe in like self-empowerment and, and I want to hold everybody else like to the same level I am. And I, and I, dude, I love people and I love what they do and I love their stories and I'm a very empathetic person and I can't put myself comfortably into a conversation where somebody thinks I'm something. It's so true. Yeah. That's something that we've all had to deal with to varying degrees. Yeah. It's interesting because you're a role model to a lot of people. And and I can see mm-hmm. what you're saying, how it changes some social interactions. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. It certainly is weird. Um, but people look to you for, you know, this inspiration, this motivation. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it sounds like, you know, you're saying, this is great. I'm happy to inspire and motivate. But I don't want this to change my interactions with people in general. I've kind of got this thing where I talk about real change, like honest change yeah. that you create for another person is through building relationships. Yeah. I don't think a really, really healthy relationship comes from somebody looking up at you. Yeah. I think it comes from somebody looking you square in the eye and you telling them, you know, this is what you need to do. And, and this is the experience I've had. Let's talk about it. And so like, I, I still want to inspire people. I still want to work to, to better people's lives. You know, that's why I teach parkour. That's why I'm a personal trainer. Yeah. is because I've experienced such a growth in confidence and strength through these physical challenges that I put myself through. And it's it's created everything that I am today. But I don't want people to think that being good at a TV spectacle is what's going to reward you with that idea of self-strength and confidence. Because all of us who are on the show know that it's the training, that it's the obstacles we put in our path and then overcome, right. and the challenges we embrace that that create that. But the show doesn't translate that because it's not in their interest to do it. They got to make the show the biggest thing. And so, you know, I just want to keep an honest accounting of what I'm doing and like still work to inspire people, but just like on a more personal level and be able to be more upfront and honest about the fact that, dude, I'm not different. Like, sure, we're all ninjas, but I, I was just a skinny kid 10 years ago who wanted to play on stuff more. Elliot, that is an awesome and very authentic answer. Man, that's awesome. Thank you. No, thank you for sharing that. That's really, really good for people to hear, I think, because, you know, people maybe don't get that sense when they see the spectacle of the show that, you know, all the ninjas are real people with real thoughts and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. Tell us about your parkour teaching and and your personal training in New York City. What's that all about? Okay. um, I work with a group called the Movement Creative. It's an organization that was started by one of my best friends, well, by three of my very, very good friends, three of my best parkour friends, Jesse Danger, Nikki Zanevsky, and Caitlin Pontrella. And this organization's been around a couple years now, and it just kind of organically grew out of um, the vacuum of movement expression in the cityscape that is New York. You know, it's an it's oppressive urban atmosphere. Yeah. And so they, they started this company based around... Um, taking ownership of your environment and learning to, you know, change the way that you see the city. They're working in the public schools there. 
Um, they're working in the parks division there to get better playgrounds out, to get kids out. They're working in these street shows, these big city streets, like fairs, and, and just showing people, you know, the, the pleasure that can come from playing. That's cool. And yeah, and, and kind of one of the big things is, is the idea of embracing challenge. More than obstacle course, like an obstacle course, I, it's not really about obstacles. It's about challenges. You know, it's, it's not an obstacle because we put it there. So we chose it. And it's the same with parkour. They, they talk about the definition of parkour being moving from point A to point B and overcoming obstacles. It's, it's overcoming challenges because you chose. So our big thing is, is learning to embrace the idea of challenge so that when you come upon an actual obstacle, you see it as a challenge and not as an obstacle. You know, kind of trying to turn the stumbling blocks into stepping stones through, through the confidence that you learn from realizing, you know, I'm strong and capable and I've created a learning process yeah. for something very tactile and physical. And I can translate that to mental and emotional. And so, I mean, that's kind of the philosophy. That's awesome. But really what I'm doing on the day to day is going out to schools or going out to parks, working with kids, um, adults, uh, martial arts studios, wherever they want us to, you know, teach parkour. That's where I'm going and just kind of doing that day to day. Well, and what great lessons for kids. I mean, that's like exactly what you would want to instill in kids when they're growing up is that outlook that, you know, this is not an obstacle that's going to hold you back. This is a stepping yeah. stone that you're going to be able to move forward with and, you know, a learning yeah. objective. So what would, what would your advice be to kids out there that want to be like you or want to be a ninja or just want to improve their life and be the best version of themselves they can be? I would say, number one, relax. I got into physical stuff because I, I felt like I needed to and I needed to be strong. And I spent a lot of years... Working, working too hard because I had something to prove. In the past couple of years, I've really come to love what I do in a different way. Not because it made me feel strong, but it made me feel, you know, kind of more whole. I, I didn't, I don't have anything to prove anymore. I think if there was a lesson I wanted kids to have, it's to find whatever it is you want to challenge yourself with and go with it and take a broad perspective. I mean, you've got the rest of your life and you could do this forever as long as you do it right, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. And you work too hard too soon, you're going to burn out or you give up. I mean, you've got a long time to either regret it or a long time to glory in the fact that your day-to-day -day life is just kind of living simple and doing for an hour or two a day the thing that you love to do and, you know, just kind of finding the, the mental piece in that. So relax is, I think, a huge piece of advice. I think it's great, you know, relax into who you are, not only just relax kind of in your... yeah environment. And so you seem to do that very easily, which is a, a beautiful skill. And you're lucky you don't have a lot of the anxiety that a lot of the ninjas have or a lot of people have in life when they're faced with obstacles. But it, it sounds like it's because you view them as uh, stepping stones. And, and that's really a, a valuable yeah. lesson. Maybe that's why in A&W 6, it was basically only you and Joe Moravsky to make it to stage three. Yeah. And you know, I was there that year. We we all did stage two, and it was it was really difficult. Dude, it was it was. I mean, there was a couple make or break things that if you took too long or you messed one thing up, you were you were screwed. Yeah. And the first obstacle, that rope jungle that year. Oh. I mean, how many amazing people got stuck on that by making one bad move and then sap you know forty percent of their strength for the rest of stage two, which is super dynamic. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and you made it through it, 
you made it through it in style. It was really cool to watch. Thanks, man. Yeah, so I want to change gears real quick and ask you a question about you know Jeff and Isaac. Okay. This last year was it, it was amazing. They're great athletes. They both had yeah an incredible season. They both have themselves listed as the first American Ninja Warrior on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it brings up a question of, wow, what do you think about what happened and the whole situation? Um, I mean, first of all, I, I wrote a little Facebook post about it, kind of a little poetic, romantic blurb about how I felt that night. And man, I put everything I could. I, I breathed as much hot air as I could to try and lift those guys up that rope, both of them. Yeah. It blew me away. Yeah to be able to watch that, you know, and especially two guys that I like and respect so well as such strong athletes. They're amazing. Yeah. And I mean, every time I've interacted with both of them and and with Isaac, it hasn't been as much because, you know, we're on opposite sides of the country most of the time, but it's like when we would hang out, you know, in Vegas and we've just got a couple minutes to kill while we're waiting and to be processed through something. And he's such a cool, relaxed guy. And I mean, here, here's a guy who's a freaking animal and just talking to me as quiet as I would want to talk to anybody. And I totally respect, you know, the, the eye of the storm that he is. And then Jeff on the other side, you know, we both live in Maryland. So I get to see him more and I, I get to, you know, see more in person, his absolutely mind blowing strength. And, uh, you know, and that blows me away too. It, it's kind of funny to me as a person who doesn't at all have my identity weighing on ninja warrior to to have two people that i like a lot have any type of you know disagreement or beef whether you know what we perceive is the reality of it or or not you know the fact that it can be perceived that way and i I think everybody's aware that it can you know that that always kind of weirds me out because i'm not into it yeah you know and i mean i try to take my ego out of things and and i realize when you're trying to build a brand when you're you're trying to make moves off of what you're doing. It's the game you got to play. Honestly, I, I hope it never harms any real relationship, and it's just like a a move. And honestly, thirty years from now, we're all gonna be hanging out like old kung fu grandmasters in the movies, <laughs> and we'll be talking about you know so and so's technique at this one point was deadly, and we're all past it. Yeah, you know. And I mean, that's the big thing for me, man. Is I take I take the long view. You know, I'm in this for life. Like, if Ninja Warrior wasn't a huge undertaking other than the physical thing, dude, I'd do this for the rest of my life. It's like, it's like with parkour and snowboarding, man. Uh, you know, I've got the approach that I've got, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it right so that I can do it forever. And 30 years from now, man, disagreements, little disagreements, little titles. It's like if you're still holding on to that, man, it's like it's like the kid who didn't get played in high school sports when he's 40. Right. You know, saying – you know, I wish coach had put me in. We would have won states. It's like both guys have amazing achievements. The circumstances of the game weighed more positively toward one person and, and with a pretty real-life substantial consequence to the other guy. But it's like, man, that's what we signed up for. Yeah. However, people want to, like, nitpick and choose, man, that's their life. They can do it. Whatever they need to do to get satisfaction, you know, I hope in the end we're all hanging out, you know, sharing laughs and drinks and having a good time. And, and you know, we do, and and it's so much fun to to call you a brother, dude, and, and to have you, you know, be here. And we've hung out. It, it's been really cool. Yeah, man. And, you know, I want I want more of it. Yeah. It sounds like you also love that family feel of being a ninja and all the other ninjas. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's what draws me into it. 
that's why I do parkour. That's why I snowboard. That's why I do ninja. I got into ninja because of some of my parkour friends who had done it in the earlier American Ninja Warrior seasons. Um, I was doing a job with Levi Muenberg, Travis Graves, and Frosties are now wow. um, Legends. way back. And yeah, yeah, dude. And they're all amazing Tresors free runners. Um, they all did awesome on Ninja Warrior at one time or another. And they just kind of threw it at me one time because they knew I did parkour, but they also knew I had a big emphasis on fitness um, and strength skills, yeah. um, which not every parkour person has, as we've seen in the show. And, um, you know, and so they said, hey, you should send in a tryout video. And, dude, it was just because of my buddies. Like, I, I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be the next American Ninja Warrior. I just thought, hey, this is going to be a good time and I want to try it. And then I ended up meeting so many cool people down in Miami my first year other parkour people, climbers, stunt people, martial artists. And I think when you find anybody who's got a passion and you can feel that passion and how it lives inside them, like it's instant connection because, you know, we feed off of each other's feelings. And so to be in that, that environment where there's so many people who have so much heart in what they do, man, it's addictive. Wow, I totally agree. It's completely addictive. And that's why a lot of us are really sad that we're not going to see you out there, man. It's uh yeah. It's it's a bummer, yeah. but maybe you're just taking a break. Maybe we can hook up in different ways. Yeah, and that's the hope, man. I mean, I I travel a lot and I would always love to see my ninja brothers and sisters. I mean, whether at the the local like the National Ninja League events or competitions or the stuff you guys have been hosting out there that I see pictures of all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hope I can run into people, I mean, either doing ninja, doing parkour, climbing, uh, snowboarding, hiking, whatever anybody wants to do, man. I'm, I'm just down to share time and space with some other cool people. Do you focus much on nutrition or things you put in your body? Not intentionally, but what I like happens to be good for you. That's good. That's very lucky. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I thank my mom for that, man. She was smart and raised me on good food. And dude, I don't even like eating sweets. I hate saying that. A bunch of my friends give me so much for it. Like, oh, I'm Ellen. I'm so good that I don't even have to try it, like eating healthy. It's just like, man, I just do what I like, you know, and I happen to like healthy stuff. You know, I mean, and I think part of it comes from living close to the earth. I mean, you've got an appreciation for what it gives to you. I want to put more of that into me. I think it's a testament to your parents, definitely, and, and your mother, it sounds like, that they raised yeah. you with a good appreciation for good, healthy living and and eating. And I think that's a really good message to all the parents out there. I mean, look, I got a four-year-old and my little ninja, <laughs> I mean, we try and just put clean fuel into him. And, you know, he yep. loves candy. He lo mm -hmm. he loves it. And it's so hard not to give him candy because we love him and everything. Yeah. But oh, for sure, man. we're constantly trying to do, I think, what your mother did, and hopefully we are as successful with mm -hmm. with Zun, you know, because it, it's true. I think, you know, if you're raised and uh, you're eating McDonald's all the time and drinking soda, well, that's what you are going to do. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I mean, yeah, love your mom for what you did. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'll tell you what, the secret, the secret to my existence was dried fruit. And we, I grew up in like an orchard area. Oh, wow. And man, I would eat fruit. There was, there was a time I got this story, dude. I ate eight quarts of blueberries in one sitting when I was younger. <laughs> eight quarts of blueberries? Eight quarts of blueberries in one sitting. Kids, listen up. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. That, that's an, it was crazy, man. That's an accomplishment. Well, tell us, <laughs> right. yeah, t tell us a little bit, you know, you have an incredible skill set 
and you're a pretty amazing teacher and you're really good at movement. If people want to train with you, if they want you to be their personal trainer or coach, how on earth can they get a hold of you or your company? I mean, me personally, that's that's hard. My mom can't even get a hold of me most of the time. I travel a lot. But the Movement Creative has a website, movementcreative.org. Um, there's a Facebook page. You know, you can reach out to any one of us individually. I've got an athlete page on Facebook under my name, Elliot Hall. Um, send me a message there. I will probably be a little slow getting back to you because, you know, I'm not always super connected to the Internet. But if I'm around in your area and there's something you want me to come teach or come talk about, I, I would love to do it. Um, and we'll, we'll have that on our show notes, but it's Elliot Hall. Spell that for everybody. E-L-E-T. H-A-L-L. And do you have any of the other socials, Twitter or Instagram or anything? Um, I've got Instagram, and that's at E-T-B-E wild. It's been uh, amazing talking with you, dude. Uh, You have some really profound insights into, I think, some more important life lessons that, that people don't get necessarily from sitting on the couch watching Ninja Warrior or even training all the time for mm-hmm. Ninja Warrior. And yeah. you you really have us thinking, and I, I think it's it's great. And uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So Awesome, man. The Wolves and I are going to get after it. Elliot, you're an amazing guy. It's It's really good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Hope I can uh, run into you sometime. Wow, that was a great interview from Elliot. Nice to like get a peek into his world a little bit more. I've never really known too much about him. He's always been super friendly, but I've never had deep conversations with him. So it's pretty cool to hear about like the way he thinks and how he lives his life. I didn't know he had Lyme disease. And and this is the ninja doc talk. And let me, let me tell you, this is really important because <clears throat> for those of you out there, Lyme disease is a complicated disease process that that really affects people in different ways and he's done some good work with the Lyme disease foundations to spread awareness and it's really cool I just want everybody to know that Lyme disease is caused by having a tick you know on you and generally it takes about 24 hours usually for the tick to be embedded on you so it's important if you're doing outdoor activities check yourselves check your families make sure you don't have a tick on you that's been there for over 24 hours. Very, very important. We have a whole bunch of information in our show notes about Lyme disease and about the work that Elliot's been doing. Pretty interesting stuff, and it's amazing he's able to do what he can do, even suffering with Lyme disease. What does Lyme disease do specifically? Yeah, so specifically it causes this like chronic fatigue type of syndrome where people become extraordinarily weak and have periods of sickness uh, that kind of wax and wane. So sometimes you feel okay. Sometimes you just are, you can barely lift up, you know, a pencil. And so he's had to suffer with that. And it, it can put you in bed for months at a time. It's a, it's a really kind of gnarly disease. And it affects different people differently. But yeah, it's a good question. That's basically uh, the problem with the disease. It's a long-term disease. And it's after you've had an initial tick on you. It's a tick-borne illness. You can actually treat it with doxycycline, an antibiotic. So if you treat it early and fast, a lot of times you can prevent that long-term disease. I was going to ask you if that's the treatment, oxycycline. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, doxycycline. That's right, Brian. Well, he's got an amazing mental game, even with having Lyme disease, you know. Going out to the show and competing on the show, you, you can be, you know, nerve-wracking to stand up there and listening to him talk about not really being nervous. It's just, it, it's, it's awesome. He's, very, he's quite a confident personality. Megan, do you get those nerves on the course? I definitely do get nervous, but that, I think, comes down to the fact that I'm competitive and, like, competitive not with other, not just with other people, but I'm competitive with myself. So, like, if I've done something before, I want to be able to do it again, if not better. Do you get um, nervous with World Cups and climbing competition? Yeah, it's a little different, though, because I can control it a little bit better, I think, because... With World Cups and stuff, like, I'm definitely nervous, but I know if it's a bouldering World Cup, like, I have five minutes. So, like, if things aren't going okay in the first minute, it's fine. Like, I can figure it out. Right, right. Whereas with this, like, my first year, I wasn't nervous at all, but after, like, doing so well, I definitely made me nervous this next year, and you just have the one shot. So, I think just being a competitive person, I think it makes it hard not to get nervous. You know, I've seen a theme when we talk about a lot of these mental parts of what you need to be part of the show and it seems to be a recurring theme that it's just about relaxing and, and having fun and and hearing that from Elliot kind of just you know reaffirms what what I know to be what works for me and and I've heard other athletes talk about the same thing so yeah it doesn't surprise me that he just is enjoying himself out there and I think it's true for all all your listeners out there and for all the kids out there there's always something. You're going to have to give a speech. You're going to have to give a presentation. There's always something in life that's a little bit nerve-wracking. And every it's totally natural to have nerves. And even the most confident of us get nervous. And so there's a lot of little tips and tricks we like to use. And I'd like to start off, maybe you guys can talk about what tips you use. I like to look at a picture of somebody I love, like my son or my wife, and that just puts a smile on my face, and it just relaxes me right away, right before I'm about to run the course or give a presentation or give a, a lecture at a school or to other medical professionals. That really works for me. Sometimes I like to make a fist and put all my energy into the fist as hard as I can so that I can get the nerves out of my, you know, out of my voice or whatnot. But I think we all face that. What's, what's your tip, Megan? I usually like to give myself some perspective. Like nothing that I'm doing is like a life or death scenario. It's mm. never going to be the end of the world. So you just kind of like lower the importance of it. And I also just like to remind myself that it's like something fun and something that I like to do. And I feel like if you're trying to remind yourself of that and you don't actually believe it, then maybe you should do something else. But from my experience, I've always been like, oh, yeah, like, this is fun. I like this. Like, just do it. Just have fun. Like, don't worry about all the other stuff. That's a that's a good point. And I think that's what Elliot does quite a bit. And like he said, and this might be another good point, is he went to this tent that was like a critical mass of nerves, right? Mm -hmm. And so he had to take like a little walk, a little stroll out into the rain and get some perspective. Every year we see it. We see competitors come out there, high-level athletes, super talented, and they just crumble underneath the pressure. They choke. Yeah. Yeah, I personally get nervous when when I get up there. Even in bouldering comps, World Cups, I get nervous. You know, it's, it's stressful to be up there and be put under pressure. And I have a, a little personal mantra that I like to recite and breathe, relax, smile, and bring it, right? You're breathing, that's just natural, helps calm your nerves, relax, you're just having fun, you're out here being a ninja or whatever, competing, smile, I like to think of my boy or a happy memory, 
and then boom, I'm engaged. Bring the noise. Bring it. Bring yeah. it. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. And it's like anything else. The mental side is just something you have to train. So if you guys are training a bunch out there, but you're not thinking about the course, like how you're going to feel when you get up there, and you're not thinking about the mental side of it, you're really leaving yourself open to having a huge gap in your game. So um, don't forget about that, guys. And it was, it was refreshing to hear Ellett bring that up and to hear his how he deals with it. We're going to miss him this year. I mean, what do you guys think about the fact that he's not doing it and, and what he said about that? I myself don't really get the... I, I'm doing it for fun. And so I, I really enjoy going out there and, and doing this. I do understand when he talks about it's kind of taking over his life because I know all of us, it's kind of taken over our life and, and it, it can be hard. Every conversation that I have now Pretty much when I run into someone, it's about Ninja Warrior. And, you know what I mean? That that can get old. For me, it's it's worth the price. For one, I, it's not really a price because I loved it. I love doing the show. But it, it's worth it. I The positive outweighs the negative. I think what he said was very powerful. And I think that he kind of just spoke his truth and how he felt about it. And I think it's good to hear that. Like, he, it just wasn't really fun for him anymore. Like, he didn't like what it was doing to his life. Right. So he's making a change. And I think that's, you know, something that should be applauded because that's how he felt about it. And he should listen to himself. You want to be happy. And he follows his heart, yeah. right? Which I, mean, I like that. I think that's a very totally. good characteristic to have. Yeah, they call him the natural. He really is. Like, he's... He follows his heart and he follows his nature. And his nature right now is telling him to take a step back from the show. And uh, it's really interesting. No, I really respect him, especially as an athlete, because I know I, I could not get as far as I do on the show without doing the training that, that I do. So for not training and for him doing so well, man. Wow, I know. He's a natural. I definitely respect his decision. I mean, I said that I'm only going to rock climb as long as it's fun for me to do it. And as soon as it was not fun, then I was going to quit. And it's still fun, so I still climb. So I, if it's no longer fun for him, I totally understand. Yeah, and, you know, one thing I would like to add here is American Ninja Warrior and Ninja Warrior in general and just being part of this movement I think is so good for our kids, for the country. And it's part of the reason why we've developed our mission and why we're trying to fight some of the, you know, problems of, childhood obesity and disease and and that kind of kind of stuff diabetes cancer heart disease all these rates are going up because a lot of the processed foods and and the, that the food companies are putting out there it, it's really tough and so this bigger obstacle you know ninja warrior is getting people to realize i got to be more active i got you know i want to be a ninja like the wolf pack or like whoever like joe moravsky like casey canzaro like any one of their heroes and so I really like the message. And so the message is really important to me. I love doing the show and having fun out there. And I love you guys and training with you. And, you know, it, it's a really kind of great thing to be doing. But I can also see that if every conversation you have is ninja, but you spend most of your time snowboarding and enjoying life and being a natural and like just being a natural ninja like Elliot is, I totally get it why he's wanted to take a step back. And I told him, I was like, look, man, you know, still come train with us. And I, we're going to miss you out there. You got to come watch if you can. But I get it. I get it. 
What a great episode with Elliot Hall. Now for some tips. The game of counting. Okay, this may sound silly, but I hate counting when I'm working out. I like to focus on the task at hand. So if I'm doing a workout routine that involves repetition, I like to have somebody else count for me. Or if I have to, I count backwards. So I focus on how many are left and not on how many I've completed. When you're climbing, in competition, or even in a math test, you're not focusing on what you've done, but what you still need to accomplish. All right, for those of you who want to know how to do the walk online, man, if you don't get a call and you're thinking about going and doing the walk online to get on on the show, all I got to say is you better not have a job or you better have a lot of time off. (laughs) Be really motivated because you're going to be out there waiting for at least a week probably. Now, things have changed a little bit maybe this year. I did see a post on the Ninja Warrior Comrades page. It's a Facebook page that a lot of guys are a part of that have been on Ninja Warrior before. Sometimes the show will post stuff on their social media and on this Comrades page where they will give details about where you need to be at if you want to do the walk online and when you are allowed to start the walk online. So keep informed by visiting A. Smith and Company's social media. They usually post it on their Twitter account or become a member if see if there's a Facebook page or some kind of ninja group around where they'll share that information and keep up to date on that and be prepared to wait and wait for days. <laughs> Good luck. Because even if you wait those days and all that spend all that time, you might be the next one on the platform and they call it for the night, for the day. No more shooting, no more runs, and you just spend all that time waiting to run. I hear stories every year. Anyways, good luck. Hopefully you won't have to do that. And see you in Vegas. Hair ties are a must for any athletic girl. I happen to really like the fabric ties with the little knot at the end. Not only do they look cute, but they also hold your hair in place. It's also amazing that when you take them out, your hair never gets stuck. When you don't lose hair, it's always a bonus. Today, let's talk about heart attacks. Heart attacks are the leading cause of death in America and kill more than 1% of us each year. A heart attack is when there's a blockage in the blood vessels that feed the heart and the heart muscle starts to die. When that happens, there is extreme pain and the heart stops pumping the blood as well. In many cases, it kills us. Heart attacks are relatively easy to avoid if we eat a diet high in fruits and vegetables and low in meats and dairy. Obviously, smoking is a big contributor as well. Some of us have genetics that predispose us to heart attacks, but that doesn't mean you will have a heart attack. Obesity and living a sedentary lifestyle are massive risk factors that are totally avoidable and in your control. You know if you're at risk. Make some healthy changes and get healthier. Well, there you have it. We've come to the end of another Wolfpack Ninja podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as a reminder, next week we have Jason Robell. He's going to teach you how to live to be 100 by eating the right way. As usual, hit us up on our website, wolfpackninjas.com. There is a lot of commentary. We thank you for that. There's a lot of conversation going on. People have a lot to say about Isaac not competing this year and about our initiative 
There's a whole lot going on over there, so go check it out. The show notes also have a lot more information about all your favorite ninjas and a little bit more on their interviews. We're also going to be posting some videos of the interviews, and we have been recording. So we'll see you over there. Until next time, I'm the Ninja Doc, Noah Kaufman, signing out. Thanks so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. Great post interview episode, or that was a great. Come on, Megan, get it out. You can get it out. Send it. Send it. What a great episode with Ellet Hall. Now for some tips. Boom. Boom. Good job. That was great. That was great. That was that was that was great. Great.